We are live. Hello and welcome to another episode of Founder Hacks, our podcast where we share something we've seen, something we've read and something we've learned that's been a source of education, edification and learning for the founders and entrepreneurs that we work with. Let me start as always by saying a enormous hello to Anthony Enright. Hi Ben. And an equally unequivocal hello to Ans- uh, Alex Moore. Hello, I forgot your name, Alex. Well, it's okay. Easily done. Easily done. <laughs> I will say hello to both of you because Anthony only said hello to you, Ben. I will say hello, Anthony uh, and Ben. How about that? Well, you hadn't been introduced at that point, so I thought it was, you know, people might have thought <laughs> you, you may not have been introduced. Not introduced, right? <laughs> forgotten. How many years have I known you guys? Anyway, always a pleasure, gentlemen. Always a pleasure, indeed. Okay, so um, this week's Founder Hacks, we're... We've titled it Feedback Revisited, and we've got a little collection of things here that for us will speak to the power of feedback and clarity. And um, I believe I'm kicking us off. And this week, I just had a, a bit of a reminder of how important it is for you as a, a founder or owner of a business to be clear about what you want. Um, what do you want your relationship with your business to be? Um, do you want to be working in it? Do you want to be someone who owns it and has that sort of relationship where others run it, but you own it? Do you want to be um, entirely absent from the business and just a shareholder? Uh, what is that relationship? And what I've seen is just a story that kind of reminded me. It sort of it it matters less what you want and more the clarity in terms of how you share that and are clear about that with the team that you have in the business so that they can be really clear in terms of your expectation. I don't know if it's something you guys have seen before, but um, when I reflected on this experience this week, I thought back and actually, yeah, I've seen a number of times where a founder's lack of clarity around actually what do they want out of this business has caused a lot of difficulty. And if if you're a co-founder, I've seen situations where because the co-founders actually haven't really talked about what they each want can be very difficult. I remember a situation that had one founder who was very much about the work the business did. The other founder saw it as a business that they would one day grow and sell, but they'd never had that conversation. And it made it very difficult for the people in their business and very difficult for the business to really grow with a consistent uh, vision and expectation behind it. So... What founders want is very important. Do you know what you want? Do you know what you want, Alex Moore? Most of the time, uh, yeah, you should be left <laughs> alone. But um, yeah, just to do my own thing. You know, autonomy. That's what I uh, always like, autonomy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Pink. Uh, but that's another, that's another topic for another day. For me, yeah, vitally important. And, um, you know, when we were debating this earlier, I thought it was a good thing for, to discuss from a founder point of view. For me, you know, I have, as I've built various businesses, it shifts. It's often shifted what I want and what I want to achieve. And I think the key to getting buying for me to get people to come along with me and buy into what I'm trying to do is to be very clear about that. And even if that evolves over time, that's fine. And I think as the as the dream. So my my Thai food business that I that I um, helped set up, uh, as the dream kind of evolved and got bigger. I got more people bought in and more excited about it. 
And whereas like, yeah, yeah, we might have two restaurants or three, you know, and I was like, okay, we're going to have five. And then the next year we're going to have 10. The next year we're going to have 20. And people really bought into it. So for me, the feedback was important, continual feedback and modifying the dream and communicating that with my colleagues, help them buy into it. And as the dream got bigger, that's when the magic happened. That's when the virtuous circle of engagement and purpose came in. Anthony, do you think this is complete rubbish or do you empathize? Um, well, actually, I think you, you tell a great story there, Alex, of, of actually the power of having that feedback and having that discussion. Um, I'm not sure, like you said, it's, it's maybe something that evolves. I'm not sure everyone starts off in that position. And uh, certainly for me and my own experience, it took me a very long time to then work out really what I wanted and then to sort of go after that. And I absolutely agree that once you're really clear on that, it's essential. And I made so many mistakes in not communicating effectively what I wanted. And it caused all sorts of um, confusion and upset and even people to leave the business. And there were some, some really defining moments where actually as soon as you start to be open and honest with what's happening and what you want, it's just, it's so easy for people because actually it's the uncertainty that kills the dream and uncertainty for individuals. Um, so, so I absolutely agree, but I think it's at the right time. I think when you're ready, when you know what you want, I think if, you, if you're unclear with what you want, I think that can be a dangerous time to start communicating because it can cause uncertainty. Um, and I mean, when you first start a business, I mean, for me, it was just, God, just glad I'm, you know, it's up and running and then I'm glad it's making some money. And then, I'm, you know, and, and, and it's really then about setting that, that really sort of, uh, either North star or that, 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 that mission that you're looking to achieve. And, and clearly you've got to get everybody, uh, aligned to that. Yeah. Well, help, help help uh, shape it as well i think that was quite important yeah absolutely if you can if you can bring the if you can bring people along with you and you're happy to sort of park your own ego at the door and say look actually it isn't just about what i want it's about what the team wants well you're you're halfway there i mean you're absolutely halfway there if you can get if you're happy to let others decide the actual end goal along with you and that obviously you're going to have influence over that but my goodness, if you're happy to give that, put the ego at the door and let everybody have a say, um, then, then, then you're, you're, as I say, it sounds an exaggeration to say you're halfway there, but you really are. Fascinating. Well, we could go on and I think that uh, how, how one affects those changes, I think, is a fascinating thing. If, if what you want does change over time, what do you do then? You realise that things aren't quite fit. How do you work it out and move forwards? Um, but maybe for a, another time, because I think uh, Alex Moore has read something he would like to share. Yeah, um, really interesting book. Um, not for everyone. It's a real, real tomb. Uh, it's called Smartest Guys in the Room uh, about the story of Enron and its demise, how it its glorious ascent into the universe and then its uh, less glorious implosion. Um, it's It talks about... It's, it's quite heavy going. It goes into SPV, special purpose vehicles, different accounting practices. It goes into immense detail. It's quite impressive. If you, if you want, I'd, I'd recommend it to a founder who wants to really get into the nuts and bolts of how a big company is run. But um, what, what came out of it with me is it, it was such complexity. It, it, they built things that were so complex um, they had all these teams of advisors from uh, and what what used to be called Answer Consulting, 
um, which imploded as a result of this, by the way, um, all these advisors, all these uh, you know, McKinsey-type consultants, I don't think it was actually them involved in it, I think they were, and they built something of such complexity that no one understood it. So by the time it all fell apart, nobody knew why, and nobody knew why, what, they didn't see it coming. And this was, I think it was, to go back to feedback, nobody was brave enough, or when everybody was listening, a few people were brave enough actually, but not very many. They all went along with it. Nobody provided the feedback that the board needed to hear about, wait a minute, this isn't morally right. This is not correct. This is what's gonna happen if we do this. And everyone went along with it. So, you know, feedback's a two-way thing, guys, for me. And, you know, the being brave enough to stand up inside an organization, and, and as I found it, you know, listen to the people who work with you about what's going on in it, even if it's not what you wanna hear, then they need to, you know, that feedback needs to be encouraged too. Anthony. It's interesting, isn't it? Because when I hear the subject feedback, I'm thinking about, you know, I'm thinking about it from owner, employer to employee, but actually the power of it flipping the other way. So when you're in real trouble, when things are going badly, are you really prepared to listen to what, what, what the people around you have got to say? And, and again, I, I sort of feel like I've got a bit of a sub thing today with leaving your ego at the door. But it is that, isn't it? It's, it's clearly nobody was prepared to listen to what aren't, you'd imagine, very clever individuals, highly educated. Yet, um, I always wonder around the purpose of a business such as that that went to the ground. You know, was the purpose really clear and actually people being really clear on what it was they were looking to achieve? Um, but 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 for me, it's about are we prepared to listen to those people that we employ and and actually take on board their feedback and take on board their points of view? Because if they had a done in this situation, maybe they wouldn't have ended up in the circumstances. And I think you know, so often I speak to fans, go, "Well, somebody did say that, but I I just thought I was right and they were wrong." And it's 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 working out how do you take that feedback on and what how to filter what what to listen to and what not to listen to. Um, but I think it also comes back when you're looking at that feedback, certainly if we've got individuals about managing upwards and giving that feedback upwards. You know, another saying I'm sure we've rolled out on this many times is data trumps opinion. You know, if you can give the feedback with that data to your to the person that you're reporting into, it's far more powerful and you may get listened to. But there's still the skill for the owner, for the boss to be able to listen to that feedback. What do you think, Ben? I mean, I, I had the privilege of, of, of working with some big financial services companies after the 2008 crash. And I guess my learning, what I took away from it was, yeah, everything you've, you've said so far. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then it came back to these companies' values. And you, you mentioned purpose. And one of the things that I think a lot of organizations at that time had to come to terms with is they did have a very clear purpose. Um, before 2008 and the purpose was to make as much money as we can and that was it and it was very clear and everyone was aligned to it and that is what they did and so in some ways it's a, it's a cautionary tale about having the wrong purpose because of course that was a purpose that that they thought served them well but of course it had implications because um, effectively what it was doing it was sullying the very ground upon which they were trying to grow uh, the business for the future. They were poisoning the well that they were drinking from, in truth. And by having a purpose that was 
perhaps we could say with hindsight unrefined um that's where they landed but i i think the, the main takeaway of course is that yeah as as a as a founder indeed as any senior leader in a business you are a custodian you are not just there for a single purpose you are a custodian of that business's legacy and shadow in the world and making sure that you're paying attention to that um, is, is critical and as a founder unquestionably it's your job it's your job to be the person who says oh hang on that's too I don't get it I don't understand that why are we doing that that's a bit too complicated that sounds a bit strange you know as I said the the, the I saying he wants to to an HR director you know I mean we were working with leaders and he says so what's your job and I said well my job is to make sure that next time someone comes up with PPI there's someone in the room who puts their hand up and goes actually guys let's not do this because it's a really crappy thing to do that's what I'm trying to do and and actually that comes back to the culture the values and all of it so there's this incredible connection between feedback and values um, and purpose um, very interesting though I'd, like, I'd actually quite like to read that book. Um, it, it does sound quite intimidating from what you've said, Alex, but I'll give it a go. Not for everyone. Not for everyone, but uh, <laughs> it's it's good. It is good. Learned a lot. Very good. Well, I think we'd better move on. Time waits for no one. Uh, Mr. Enright, you've learned something this week. I have learned something this week, and it was, it's something that's been playing on my mind for a few weeks, um, and if not months. And... Um, and then I ended up listening to, I don't, I don't listen to it as much as I used to, but I've, I've, um, I'm now, I, I was listening to Simon Sinek the other day on, a, on another podcast. Uh, so I have to confess, I do you know, listen to other podcasts from time to time. But, um, and he was talking about feedback as, it's, as a skill and actually how we aren't learnt. It's not native to us to, um, to give feedback. So as a result, it's a learnt skill and how we're really poor at teaching people how to give good and great feedback and purposeful feedback. And I guess my learning is, is just about, I really, really, when I listen to it and it's been something that's come up time and time again over recent weeks and I'm like, yeah, we're really bad at this and I'm really bad at it. I think I've got better, but I'm, I'm still not where I want to be with feedback. Um, because actually the, the result, and I see this in other organizations as well as my own, is that if you get it wrong, and for whatever reason, I definitely think there's something, there's a politeness, um, contrary to popular belief, I think there's a politeness that is inherent in a lot of Brit British businesses, is that we don't want to upset anybody. We don't, want to, we don't want to take anybody off track and we don't want to upset anybody. So we're a bit scared to give feedback and we're scared at hurting people's feelings. But the result of it is that, and I've seen it almost bring companies down, my own included, you know, where you've just let somebody go off on their merry way and caused a heck of a lot of damage without, without and, and then it almost feels too late. Um, so for me, I think this is really and truly about learning how to give feedback, learning how to give good feedback, because ultimately, if you say to somebody, oh, I've got some feedback for you, would you like it? Without hesitation, generally people say, yes, I'd like that feedback. But, but yet we do it so rarely, we, we very rarely give that feedback. Um, so I was just left pondering about learning, the learning of feedback. Ben, if, what are your thoughts? Yeah. It's I suppose there's one bit I, I might disagree with on this. Oh, yes, please. Um, which is that 
you say that we don't have an innate ability, we don't have an innate skill. It's interesting. I think some people do, and I've met some. And it's we. I guess where I would agree is we don't all have it. But I bet if I say to you guys, I bet you can think of someone in your life, maybe it was a relative or a favourite auntie or uncle or you know somebody in your life where you think oh yeah you know they can just say anything to anyone and they can just do that and often it is it is potentially people who are sort of yeah those those influential figures in our lives and we sort of flip back and go oh my god actually yeah that person could sort of say anything to me and I'd, I'd always take that from that person there is just something about them I mean they make the best coaches they make the best um um the best uh facilitators and often really good consultants because they, they're just able to have this natural gift that we trust when they say it they're saying it without agenda we believe that they have our best interests at heart and it kind of comes back to your thing on ego i think and there are some people i can think of a few in my life i just trust so much that their ego is so well developed um that when they say something to me i know they're saying it for no other reason than because it's the truth and because it's something they think it will be helpful for me to hear. They're very rare, but they are out there. For the rest of us, however, <laughs> unfortunately, um, we don't have that natural gift. And yes, it is something we have to learn to do. And and I reflect back, uh, you know, I think I've got a little bit better at it. I still worrying about being patronising. I still worry terribly about, you know, getting it wrong. Um, yeah, I think I've got better at offering feedback than I used to be. I sometimes will offer it up as a question uh, to kind of protect from there being too much judgment in it. Because of course, feedback often is judgment and being you know, feeling like you're being judged is not a good feeling. So trying to find ways of actually really making sure the message lands as you intend it, um, I think it's an ongoing lifelong journey for most of us. Uh, unless you're one of these rare gifted people who can just seem to get away with saying anything to anyone and they go, oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> Don't take offence. Ever. Alex, what do you think? Two, two points from me on this. Number one, I'm a big fan of the uh, Matthew Syed in, in his book, The Greatest, when he talks about sports people. He's, his, the basis of the book, without spoiling it, is no one's naturally good at anything. You know, it's like, oh, he's really good at languages. He's really good at um, giving feedback. You know, and maybe, maybe the people who are good at giving feedback, then I would counter, perhaps, maybe. have done maybe. a lot and maybe made a lot of mistakes. So I'm, I'm kind of with Anthony on this. It's, it's, it's a sort of, I think this is an really interesting angle, this training people. So, you know, when people start a job, um, I, I think there's two courses they could go on, a feedback one and a how to deal with your emails or massive amounts of data that people shove at you. And I think people are so, this is the type of stuff you don't learn at school. It makes me sort of get very frustrated with education because I always feel like the stuff you learn at school isn't the stuff you need to know in life sometimes unless it's you know really progressive schools and reach meet really cool teachers but this is the type of stuff that right we're going to do a course on empathy we're going to do a course on how to manage a, a thousand bits of data when you're fired at every single day when you're in a busy workplace you know these are your coping techniques these are the processes this is all that and I think if you have those two courses <laughs> I think you would go quite far in life feedback data management pretty boring pretty dull but um yeah that's what that's what i'm being left with anthony how would you loop all this together to make some sense of it all well i i just i want to come back to ben's earlier point about maybe it is that there is something i'm going to contradict myself and you now alex and, and maybe maybe there is something innate in us 
that gives us the natural ability to, to, to give feedback. Because I do believe that, that, that there are certain things that we're, that we pick up easier than others. Maybe they, you know, we've got to learn everything, but, but that we pick up easier than others. But I wonder, that as a culture, whether we 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 um, we, uh, we suppress that um, as as not being, you know, very very nice or very polite. Um, so so, so I, I think I think it, it, it is there, but I think I think we've suppressed it. Um, and and I, 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 you know, without sort of jumping on a bandwagon there, I, I do believe there are certain things now that schools should be taking on. You know, we should be identifying what it really, you know, what are we preparing children for? And actually, if we're preparing them to, you know, achieve their objectives, achieve their goals or be good at process or be, enjoy the journey, whatever it may be, then we've got to adapt to the world around us. And and clearly there are certain things that that, that, that we've got to be better at now. And... And that feedback for me is just, it's the ball game. Like maybe the experiment we need to try here is, is let's ask a few five-year-olds for some feedback. Um, yeah, I'd probably wager that we'd get pretty good feedback from a bunch of five-year-olds. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I think it's a fascinating uh, debate, isn't it? Um, on that note, gents, I believe we are at time. Um, so I'll do my best to summarise um, this week's Founder Hacks on Feedback Revisited. So first of all, what do you want? Do you know? Is it critical for you as a founder and owner of a business to be clear about what you want in terms of your relationship with your business and your expectations of those within it? It can, of course, evolve over time. But growing that clarity as your business grows can help shape your business and maybe drive progress. The smartest guys in the room is a book about the Enron scandal. The vast complexity unleashed within the sector is perhaps a reminder that we as founders are also custodians of our business. It is our jobs to be the one who says, that's too complicated or I don't understand. Equally, it is our job to listen if that is what people are telling you. And finally, unless you are one of the gifted who may or may not exist according to our uh, our discussion today, we don't have an innate ability to give feedback well. It's a skill we have to learn. So how are you going to do that without falling into condescension or prevarication, but give clear, valuable feedback to those around you? The consequences of getting it wrong we've experienced as being really severe, but equally getting it right can be rocket fuel. So can you make a commitment to learn how to give feedback brilliantly well some great found hacks this week guys thank you very much i've learned from you as i always do are you getting us feedback, so it remains to say are you getting us feedback i'll give you feedback very very good i, I give you both uh, I, I, I give, give you a scaling feedback I, I give you both eight and a half out of ten eight and a half. thank you ben i'll come back next week i will room to grow room to improve no no fantastic 10 out of 10 always um in race there, of course, uh, a massive, massive thank you to Alex Moore. And an equally huge thank you to Anthony Enright. Uh, thank you both. Reminder to our listeners that, of course, we love your input and your feedback. If you have some feedback for us, you can let us know on hello at atomics.co.uk. Equally, if you've heard something with which you violently disagree or with which you hugely wish to celebrate, too, let us know also. And maybe you can join us on Founder Hacks to share your wisdom 
with entrepreneurs and founders everywhere. Until next time, I've been Ben Thomas. This has been Founder Hacks. I can't even say the name of the show now, guys. What's going on? Uh, I've been Ben Thomas. This has been Founder Hacks. Thank you very much indeed for listening. (laughs) 